0: Dude, don't you already just have a Victoria glass, though? No. For some reason... you you have. You've printed it. No, I tried, and then it never printed for some reason. Like, it was hollow. Yeah, because your exposure time is 120 seconds. No, the the walls had no
1: thickness. So they just didn't form.
2: How thick were those ERA bricks?
3: (laughs) 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 They were pretty thick. I'm sorry. Uh...
2: Uh, I don't like giving you shit.
0: Well, I on that note, it. welcome to the Micro Machines Podcast. Yeah, awesome. this week, we are being taught about the. Cal, what were we talking about again?
4: Uh, so, this is the Type 95 Hago. Can. Um, yeah. How
2: goes it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, dear.
2: We've got the media in the podcast. <laughs> It's going to be a Dad jokes all day.
4: But before we go into the presentation, I think we should do some introductions. So- <gasps> God,
1: wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, guys,
0: kidmaker, someone is selling oh. Asuka Shermans for dirt cheap. Get all of them. Hey, yo, I might have to hit that up right now. All right, pause the podcast. Hit up, hit <laughs> That's what I thought. I just saw it right now. How many are Drop there? a link. Four. I'm at- how much are they selling for? 40 each. Drop it well, now. What, now. American? Now. Yeah. No, nah, I can get mine for 30 Canadian. Oh. Fru- but we version. ain't that lucky. Maybe <laughs> <What laughs> you should become that lucky.
5: I will.
4: Actually, I've got the, uh, the jumbo version of the jumbo. I've got that one.
0: Better jump on it before the pedos do.
2: You're
5: a Jump on
0: the jumbo. What? Yeah, already, poor Calum is going to have to edit that bit out. <laughs> uh, I need <made> to get <laughs> a beat complete... I need to get a beat machine. <laughs> we do actually need
2: to get a beat machine. Okay, where the fuck do you actually get the? Where's the link to the actual thingies?
3: I sent it.
0: Uh, just click on it. Ezra, that's a link to a feet site.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no I did click on it I promise it'll take you your
1: to your uh models those are some nice it'll take you to toes. models all right <laughs> sadly he's not selling ooh those are ships
6: you know Craig you're a... you're a ship. Your badass moto picture on the intro slide would be a lot cooler if you didn't have a fucking BFA on it.
2: Thank Ezra for that. He was the one who cropped it.
3: (laughs) He just made
6: you look like a
2: nerd. Hey, I was out there defending the deserts of Yuma, okay? Yeah. Yuma. Fucking getting after it, waiting for that 53 to land.
6: That's why you always cover that up when you're taking moto pictures.
2: Yeah, well, thank my photographer. Anyways. Yes.
0: Introductions, yes. All right. Okay. So,
2: as stated, I'm Greg. I am recording from Southern California, eating homemade tacos and drinking coffee soon after because we talk about our drinks, gentlemen.
6: Me next. Okay. Uh my name is Gray. I am from Iowa, the great state of Iowa, filled with corn. I am drinking water currently and I just finished a blue moon.
0: Did he get <laughs> nuked? <laughs> he didn't finish saying what he finished. There's no fucking way. The CIA <laughs> gone before he could announce what was happened. Did I die? Yeah, you died. Yeah. yeah. You, oh. didn't, you didn't finish saying what Gray's you. Gray's actually talking to us from the afterlife now. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Oh. Okay. Uh, uh, I am Iowa must be even more blue. boring. It really is. There's nothing to
6: do here. Damn. Um.
5: Who's next?
4: Ezra. Right.
1: Oh, uh, I am Ezra in New Mexico drinking legally. Well, semi-legally
0: acquired drinks, yes. Hey, yo. Hey, Greg, can you go uh, go get your mans over here? He's getting drunk already. My mans, my ass. That boy's
2: like fucking seven hours away. I know Toronto's small, Dennis, but you gotta think. This is North America, goddammit.
0: Why can't everywhere have only five people and be a major metropolitan area? This is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I am Dennis. I'm recording from the major metropolitan area of Toronto with only five people in it, and I am currently drinking a black coffee. Oh My man, nice,
5: like it black. Uh, I'm Jack, recording from <laughs> countryside in Ontario, and I am currently drinking Tamiya Extra Thin.
0: Mm, no, shut um, up. No, knowing Jack, <laughs> he probably What, what flavor is.
6: are you going for?
5: It's it's just the extra thin. I have um just the normal Tamiya cement. Rapist side, get it down that one after. It's a little bit thicker. It goes down the throat a little easier. I um, prefer the strawberry.
6: Sometimes the lime.
5: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, those should, are really try Harder. Those. those are hard to get where I'm from.
0: Oh Jack, have you ever had the uh, Tamiya Limiting cement? That stuff tastes like being a
3: <laughs>
2: Have you boys ever had C A glue? <laughs>
5: you boys ever tried bleach?
2: Oh god. <laughs> they put it's bleach in our floor. water bowls.
5: They put what?
2: Bleach in our water bowls when we're in the field.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Was it good? No! no. <laughs> it's awful! Well then why would they do oh. it? I don't understand. Yeah. If it's something some they, the they do to clean the water, Make sure it? that stays clean for longer.
3: Yeah.
6: At the AT water. they put in way too much bleach and they had to like completely dump out a water buffalo
3: America
4: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> And uh, last and least on this list is me, Callum From New Zealand And I'm going to be hosting this subject today And I am like Dennis drinking a black coffee
2: Hell hey, yeah, boys <laughs> Three coffee boys tonight <clears throat>
4: Well, I'm going to need it cuz after we record this, I have to go and do some more work on my 1 to 1 scale bathroom, which is making me physically cry. Calm who made lately? that kit?
0: Pardon? Who made that kit? Oh, some
4: decade in 1973 with very low building standards. Ah, <laughs> oh, <that's what laughs> <a conversion. laughs> <laughs> so it's a version There's one Rebel? there's one thing I've found in the industry is um, yeah, if you make a mistake, at some point someone will find it and I am make and I am finding
2: them all. Well, it is New Zealand, so. Yeah, that's true. Uh, building standards it's be damned in the seventies. What is yeah. New Zealand
1: but a mistake? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. oh, I'm sorry. Who was building the Bob Sample?
1: <sighs> <You're> right. <laughs> that was a low
6: blow. <laughs> Bold words coming from a guy in New Mexico. So.
1: Oh well, at least we don't hey, have you giant got spiders. You do.
3: You do. Boy. You do. Yeah, you do. You do.
1: <laughs>
2: hey, at least hey guys, at least he doesn't have education. Okay, that's that's oh, I'm no, true, yeah. no,
0: we can't hold that against him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh one. dear. Bloody anyway, too.
0: so
4: we are going to be talking about the te- Type 95 Hargo which was the sort of the mainstay of the Japanese. Armored divisions during the Second World War, and during the um, Manchuria campaigns before the first, uh, before the Second World War. So, I've nicknamed it the Light Samurai because um, uh, this is a very light tank in every single sense of the meaning, um, and we're going to find out about that. Uh, but first, we better talk about how the Type ninety-five actually turned up, how it was developed, and stuff like that. So history and development. So, mm-hmm. in the early 30s, the Japanese army wanted to make uh, mechanized warfare uh, mechanized warfare units by combining infantry and tanks. Um, however, they did have, in the top left there, the Type 89 I-GO, which was a medium tank. But, just like the British infantry tanks, this one couldn't actually keep up with the motorized infantry because... Motorized infantry, meaning you know, train uh, trucks and you know, high maneuver, high speed maneuverability, you know, that kind of style. So the Igo could not keep up with them. The other two options they had for keeping up with motorized is the Type ninety two cavalry tank and the Type ninety four tankette. Uh, these are both tankette classes, uh, only armed with machine guns, very lightweight, you know. Pure infant- infantry support, but couldn't do anything else.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was
4: that?
1: <laughs> okay, the siren and the scream went off
0: perfectly timed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm glad we got that. <laughs> I apologize in advance to everyone who has to listen to Daily Life in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> um, Callum, so. so is the one
5: from Scarborough.
0: I'm not from Scarborough. <laughs> where, Do you so take that wait, back? Where are you from, though? Markham. I'm a Markham man's. You're a Markham man?
1: Yeah. you
6: exactly oh. <laughs> I thought you were from <laughs>
3: Scarborough. Anyway, so
1: count, um, why is it called? was the Type 94 classified as a tankette? Because like when I look at it, it strikes me more as like a Panzer I type design. So was it a tankette, not like a light tank?
4: Uh, so tankettes. I think I'm just trying to remember the definition of a tankette. But basically, a tankette tank is
5: was anything that wasn't like didn't have a main gun, like a cannon
4: yeah so like tank tank are more machine gun based armored, basically like moving pillboxes, basically um okay whereas a tank um there's very specific definitions of a tank in a tank a tank has a main cannon um whereas tank aren't don't have um cannons so then Uh, by that logic
0: the uh, panzer one would
4: be a tank as well correct technically yes yeah um although the panzer one did have provisions to fight against other tanks as well, uh, even though it was only armed with the MG. What was it? The MG
5: thirty-four. I
4: think it was not even 34. that. It was, the was, MG tow. I
2: think it had a tow missile. I think.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, that's um, well known. Yes. They were eight mm yeah, yeah. millimeter Morza, but they had specific rounds, uh, armor-piercing rounds for other light, uh, other light tanks oh, and yeah. tankettes. They did
0: but, have that, didn't they?
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, you're only looking at what punching through maybe 10 mil with Why these guys. Didn't the, the, like the Panzer II have on. the
0: same
5: armament?
4: No, no the Panzer of... two had the 20 mil.
5: Oh yeah, sorry, the 20, okay,
4: never mind. Yeah, oh. whereas the, the Panzer oh, One had might. an 8 mil, yeah. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, so that, that's the difference. So basically what you've got here is a medium tank that can't keep up and two tankettes, which can't do too much um, in the way of really really supporting um so they wanted something sort of in between light tank that had a bigger gun not just machine guns but capable of being transportable on trains and stuff like that uh, capable of up to 40 kilometers an hour of um jesus
0: what the hell is going on back there? I don't know. <laughs> it's a busy Friday night, and fucking Boy, in this, is
4: a, this is some audio texture right here. <laughs>
1: this was like there? the third siren to go
3: by.
4: Hmm. Uh, so the bureau that came that decided this was the Tommy O'Hara was Tommy O'Hara of the Army Technical Bureau who proposed a new light tank capable of forty, 40 kilometers per hour. And development for
0: this started in 1933. Tommy so, Ohara? Pardon? Tommy Ohara, that sounds almost like Tamiya! <laughs> <laughs> oh god, what, what you <laughs> do? <conspiracy>. <laughs> <laughs> so,
5: development started
4: in 1933 and it was completed in June of 1934. Wow. Um, and initial tests of the Type 95 were very good. However, it they deemed it still too heavy at 7.5 tons, and it was reworked re- reworked with some weight-saving uh, measures, and they managed to bring it down to 6.5 tons. Uh, uh the G- uh, Type 95 GTI, I see. Pretty much. Now, initially, they did doubt its capability to support infantry. So, you know how you test a brand new tank? Back in, back in the day? People. You yes. start a war.
3: <laughs>
4: yes. By this time, uh, the, the invasion of Manchuria, which is also known as China nowadays, uh, had started. And they sent the first Type 95 prototype to Manchuria in the winter of 1934-1935. Um, it's, what do you want to say, performance in this role... Um, the reports were favorable and they built a second prototype, which was started in June and completed in November. So, in thirty four.
5: favorable performance. Pardon? Gotta love favorable performance.
4: Hmm. I mean, that's one good way to actually test a prototype. Just chuck it in where it's supposed to go and see if it actually worked or not.
0: was well, not that what the Russians Russian said Didn't the Chinese have the Panzer I at the time?
4: Uh, yes, yes. The Germans were actually supplying... China, uh, Manchuria, I guess you'd say, uh, with a lot of stuff. You'll notice, um, like, in, you'll see a lot of um, Chinese um, art, equipment, and stuff. And they were using the sort of the German helmet. They were equipped with Mausers. Yeah, a lot of the early stuff was German.
6: So, real, real quick, was there any reports about fighting between the the ninety 94- four? Or the, the Hago and the
4: uh, Panzer one? Uh, no, no. Uh, the they never, they never By this time, uh, the all, basically all of Manchuria was kind of decimated by the Japs. Um, they kind of just swept through. So the, I couldn't find anything about um, fighting against anything like that. Um, Fucking assholes. Yeah, although <laughs> Boy, I'm, not a lot is known. Not too much is known, known about that kind of stuff uh, during that time.
3: This probably
0: um, was thinking though that like even though it didn't encounter the Panzer One, that's probably what it was being built to go up against, right? Like these weren't meant to be fighting, and this is a bit of uh, what we call foreshadowing. It wasn't meant to be, like, fight any American heavy ta- or heavy or medium tanks of the, the time. Like it was probably going to go up against other tank cats.
4: Well, actually, it was um, the purpose of the hargo was purely infantry support, not tank on there tank. You go as we will find out, um, which is why it suffered quite a bit um, later on in the war. So, in in 1935, at a meeting with the Army Technical Bureau, the Type 95 was proposed as the main tank for all mechanized infantry units. Now, the infantry still had concerns that the armor was inefficient. However, the cavalry um, units indicated that the improved speed and armament compensated for thin armor. In the end the infantry agreed as the Type 95 was still superior to the available alternatives of the Type 92 and Type 94. Now the name of the Hargo was based on the year since the beginning of the empire uh, that the tank was produced, Type 2595. Sometimes a surname was used to supplement or replace the naming ideograms used for Japanese armoured fighting vehicles. The Type 95 was had the surname Ha-Go, which means third model, and that was given by the designer of the tank, Mitsubishi Heavy Industries. So uh, we can thank Mitsubishi for this one.
2: I'm going to hit him up with a picture of this and ask him if they still make it. I <laughs> uh,
0: see that Mitsubishi, which is proudly carrying on the tradition by making the Type 16, is has had such a long and storied history of making such beautiful vehicles. Oh, yeah. Clearly nothing has changed.
4: Now, Mitsubishi Heavy Industries started production of the tank in 1936. Mass production began in 38 with the tank, part, tank and parts made by several different companies. Besides Mitsubishi, which included... Oh, I've got the list down here, and I can't pronounce any of them. So, in post production, try it, try it. In editing, I'm going to check them all on check them all up on the screen because I'm Jesus. No,
0: <laughs> that'll do it.
4: Yeah, but that is how we got the Type 95. It was just they wanted something between a tankette and a medium, just for infantry support. Very basic. Uh, shall we go to the next slide?
5: Probably a good idea.
4: Yep. So we'll let's talk about the design, all the features and stuff. Now then. As before, the original, the very first Type ninety five was seven point four ton. Uh, of course they brought it down to want well, to say six point five tonne. So it had a complement of three crewmen. He had a commander, a hull machine gunner, and a driver. So, this is one of the uh, early types of tank where the commander did the loading, did the shooting, did the commanding, and all of that, and was completely and totally overworked.
0: That, that's kind of funny to think that they thought the commander could do all of that, but they had to have a dedicated guy for the whole machine gun. It, it's interesting to think of how much importance he placed on that one role.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so...
4: Only, only, as I said, only the commander was in the turret; hence, he was responsible responsible for. Here's the list: observation, loading, aiming, firing the gun, decision making, commanding the crew. Uh, what also adds to this was the turret was hand operated, and very cramped. Fuck I feel that. so. Even though he's a Japanese, I feel so sorry for him. Jesus, that's that's just hell. He's got that work ethic behind him. <laughs> So, you know how I said that the uh, Type 95 wasn't designed to, to go up against other tanks? Here's why. The primary armament of the most produced version of, um, was the Type 94 37mm gun. Uh, not to be confused with the Type 94 37mm anti-tank gun, uh, which came two years later. This is just, yeah, this is yeah, an early yeah, version of the Type 94.
0: There's an actual difference?
4: Yes, uh, the difference being um, so the type the Type 94 37 millimeter tank gun, not the anti tank gun, uh, had a barrel length of 46.1 calibers. It had an elevation of minus 15 to plus 20 degrees, which is actually pretty good. Um, and the ca- the tank carried two types of 37 millimeter. Ammunition: high explosive and armor-piercing. Uh, for armor-piercing, the muscle velocity was only 580 meters per second or 1,900 feet per second. So it could only penetrate 36 millimeters of armor at a maxed distance of 275 meters or 902 feet. That's not a lot. No ideal. No. Um, so for secondary, we had originally... Uh, we had two 6.5 Type 91 machine guns. Uh, these were replaced, however, in later variants with two 7.7mm Type 97 machine guns. One mounted in the hull front and another in the back of the turret facing the rear, uh, typically in the 5 o'clock direction. Um, one note of this, if the commander wanted to use the machine gun for uh, against infantry, the only way he could was to rotate the turret all the way around so the machine gun was facing the front. Then he, then he could use the machine gun. Then to use the 37mm, 37, 37 he had to rotate the turret all the way back around. Um, this seems like a bit of a design flaw.
2: Yeah, I've used this in ARMA 3 against Sherman's in the islands, and I get clapped every time.
0: <laughs> a question for you, Calum. Still I don't know machine. if you would know this or not, but... Was there a specific reason it was put that machine gun was put at that weird angle, or was it just to accommodate the space of the commander? I believe it was to accommodate it because
4: you can see on the design there is not enough room on the mantlet for a machine gun. Um, right, you can see the top-down view just how small the turret is. It's not, it's not big by any sort of comparison. Um, so having it that way. It sort of makes sense as a sort of, uh, you can make room for it, but in a combat situation, it is not very um, useful at all.
0: Yeah, it's funny because this is not the only Japanese tank which has the machine gun at that, that weird angle on the turret. I think it was the I-Go, the it also had that.
4: Yeah, it was very typical for Japanese design. Um, not sure why they preferred it. My guess, they wanted to keep the turret, the mantlet um, smaller, but... I don't know, they had a very different doctrine to, you know, everyone else. Sometimes, you know, being different is not good. I
2: was about to <laughs> say, this is that kid in high school that, like, swears to God that they're different than everyone else, and, like, just, no.
4: Hey, don't talk about Ezra like that.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. I'm one of the normal people at high school, right?
3: That's saying a lot.
2: That is saying a lot, Jesus yeah, uh, what did the public school system come to? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
2: now,
4: so the, a very characteristic feature of the Type 95 was its suspension system. As we can see, it is very simple. It's a very simple design. It's um, Army Officer Tomi O'Hara designed um, this one. It's called. They it was known as a bell crank scissor system. The suspension mm-hmm. system became standard. On the majority of Japanese tanks, this, um, the bell crank. Now, for, so what a bell crank is, is you can see you have two sets of bogies and they are on a sort of, they're, they're on a hinge basically. And then in between you have a supporting, um, spring right down the, right down the length of the, the hull. So, yeah. A horizontal, mount, horizontal mounted, um, coral spring. The tracks were drove through the front sprockets. There was two return. There was a return wheels at the back. Now the suspension had troubles early on with a tendency to pitch on rough ground. And yeah, I've seen this drive around. It does pitch rather violently. So there was one way to uh, mitigate this and that was to take the bogies off flip them upside down and put them back on with a slight modification
2: what the fuck wait really that's <laughs> all it talk?
4: yep uh, this is said to have improved it um, yeah uh, this was there's a uh, I think it's the um, Hokamaru um, modification they called it because it was an officer Hokamaru that um, designed it
0: now, I mean, hey, that's all it takes. It's not bad.
4: Yeah. Now, here's one crucial design feature of the Type 95, and that is, um, even out, even if you never face combat, there is a good chance after being in a Type 95, you will die—a very horrible death.
3: Oh, oh. God!
0: <clears throat> why is that, Kent?
4: <laughs> well, you remember back to the uh, Covenator and Crusader episode where we talked about the uh, people inside burning themselves on like, hot metal and stuff.
0: Carry well, on, Yes.
4: Well, this is one thing the Japanese actually thought about, you know, they're in very hot climates. Steel gets hot. It gets very hot in there. You can't touch the sides. So they went about doing something about it, which is good. You know, yeah. know how they went about it? Asbestos. Yes. <laughs> The entirety of the Type 95 is lined with asbestos, (sighs) Um, which is why the Bovington Tank Museum have a Type 95, which is completely sealed up shut because there's so much asbestos floating around inside, they can't open it without uh, fear of, yeah.
0: Dying. But Calum, uh, the the, uh, the nice man at the asbestos shop told me that <laughs> asbestos is a wonderful material and that nothing bad would ever happen. Mm.
2: Yeah, I made my yeah. whole house out of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so they
4: put in layers of asbestos padding to separate the uh, separate, it was actually separate from the hull to create near gap, uh, which does allow air to flow through and cool down, which I mean, if it wasn't for the asbestos, it's a very good idea. You know, it's a very crew, you know, that's thinking about crew enjoyment, you know, right there.
6: Well, it's already a pretty small tank, so you got to think, if there's a small air gap and then extra padding, they're already making a cramped tank even more cramped.
4: Oh, yeah. Um, I've seen one of these in real life, and, yeah, there's no room inside. I, I mean, see. I, it seems very... How many Columbi big is it, though? Oh, yeah,
0: that's true. Mm.
3: Like,
4: point point eight. Oh, <laughs> mm. like, not ideal. I stand taller than this tank. Wow. So, yeah. Well, the people driving it are
2: gonna be smaller as well. I'm about to say, yeah, the Japanese yeah, people are, tend to be pretty fucking tiny. Like, oh, well, is that the racist? Height... Yes, it is. <laughs> Fuck you.
3: What? No, it's
4: factual. So, um, the. No, the... I can it barely was... hear you, Jack. Jack, oh, yeah. suck your I'm mic. The mic. Wait. Uh, there you go boy. Anyway, what were you saying? No, I was just laughing at something. going. on. Well, okay. Uh, to finish off, the Type 95 was fitted with a 120-horsepower Mitsubishi A6120VDE air-cooled six-cylinder diesel engine. Uh, it was located in the rear, rear compartment on the right-hand side. The power unit gave it good mobility. Um, now, there's also another reason the
2: Japanese
4: used a diesel engine.
2: So diesel doesn't burn? Because yes. when they took over American positions, they could take all their diesel.
4: Nope. Uh, early on, the Japanese were importing all their tanks. However, they, they didn't want to do that. They wanted to create their own tank industry, which is fair enough. They had the materials at the time. Uh, they had imported a whole lot of um, tanks from... Britain and stuff like that, one of them being the Vickers, the Vickers light tank, which is petrol-powered. Um, they were doing some tests and stuff like that, and an accident happened, which caused the fuel to catch fire, which caused the tank to catch fire, which caused the people testing inside the tank to burn to death. Um, this was one of the deciding factors of wanting to design something with diesel. I don't blame them.
0: <laughs> yo, I, I will just point out it's you hearing about the things like the asbestos and the diesel seems very uncharacteristic of the imperial japanese army which like traditionally we think of them as being like very i don't care about the lives of the people beneath me like this seems like fairly safety oriented i think that Machines podcast safety group would very much appreciate this well we
4: Repeat appreciate the idea not the execution
0: yeah what calum said I, i'm sorry were you waiting for me to make a witty comeback i can't i can't argue with that well, all right you that- should <laughs>
5: it was a lot of execution
1: yeah oh, I'll let's see how that. many people we can kill in the street with our katanas oh my god
2: <laughs> gotta get ready right. for that baton death march
1: oh god or raping an king oh
3: my oh, god. god okay that's how we oh, taking oh. off of youtube
1: <laughs> yeah Dennis don't shy away from the facts remember the rape of Nanking hmm
0: <laughs> oh I'm sorry I, so I i I don't seem to remember any country <laughs> called Japan existing between nineteen thirty seven and nineteen
1: forty five I mean if you didn't remember, if you don't remember it because it doesn't exist <laughs>
3: Yeah, so you're saying
6: remember
2: like he was there? That's Dennis right now screaming about the Japan's history. <laughs> Why can't oh, all
0: be just waifus and F-15s?
2: Oh. So
4: you're out in the Pacific Islands. You're with your squad, and you come across a Type 95. Fair enough. Before you deployed, you were, taught, you were trained on how to disable one of these by your instructors. Because because, the Americans captured a lot of them, brought them back, took them apart and did extensive research on them. Of course and they found a number of ways to disable or destroy a Type 95. So, I don't see the American anti-tank rock on that list. <laughs> so, option one. Use another tank. Reason? The Type 95 has only between 12 and 6 millimetres of armour. Literally any tank will go through it. Uh, There are even reports that the American 37 uh, millimetre anti-tank round, the armour-piercing one, will go right through a Type 95, exit out the exit, and basically punch a window through a Type 95. There's um, Eventually, they especially using a 75 and a 37, you ha- they had to basically employ high explosive and that was enough to uh, remove a hard high- go. Nice. Yeah. So option one, another tank. You're basically guaranteed. Because again, type 95, very low muzzle velocity, not, ve- not that good at taking out tanks. Option two, if you have a bazooka, reason, no armor. Bazooka goes through this Real easy. Option three: If you are armed with a fifty cal N two Browning, you just riddle it. Wipe like that then, picture.
5: Uh, actually,
4: yes, a fifty cal will go through the will go through the sides of a Type ninety five. Uh you basically, that <laughs> you basically Swiss cheese the tank until nothing inside's left.
2: Imagine being the poor American to go like dead check those fucking dudes in the tank, oh, and after dead checked, and then you get all the asbestos. So you go home and you live <laughs> a great life. You got a wife, seven yeah. kids. You're working at your local factory, and then you get cancer and die at the age of like 35. <laughs> That's like a twist. <laughs> ball, ball, ball <laughs> <or something. laughs> That's the
5: American dream.
2: The American dream. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Option
4: four: If the Type 95 gets close enough to you, a hand grenade will work. Yeah. The reason for this, uh, I've been watching, done a, quite a bit of research on this uh, to create this, watching videos and all that. And I even watched the official um, training on how to disable one of these. Now, a hand grenade can be useful not for dropping into the, in, into the uh, fighting compartment. All the covers for the engine, oil caps, all of that have no locks on them. You can just lift them up. <laughs> you <laughs> run up alongside the engine cover. You run up alongside, lift the cover, drop a grenade in, close it, run like hell, the grenade will destroy the engine block. Or if you drop it into the refueling caps, you'll probably set the whole thing off. Now no. I,
6: if a, a now if
4: you do not have a hand grenade and you have your 30-cal rifle, the You can just shoot it at the engine cover because the engine cover is not a single plate. It is a large grill with louvers in them. So you can actually see from the side, you can see the engine. And basically you just shoot enough 30 cal rounds into it, you will disable the engine.
2: Bro, imagine being like the Jap commander and you're rolling down some fucking back road on Guadalcanal or some shit and like seven Americans just jump on the back of your tank and start opening up with their fucking grab. (laughs) Well, if they're Americans, they
4: won't destroy it. They'll disassemble it and then lie about it. (laughs) (laughs) Option six, if you have no hand grenade, if you have no machine guns, if you have no ammo at all, but you have your bayonet, that will disable the Type 95. God. The reason for this, on the side, the turret ring, there is an overhang. And there's enough of a gap there that if you, you can slide a bayonet into this overhang... And it will jam the turret which is a hand crank turret so the commander will not be able to rotate it weak bitch if you don't have a bayonet believe it or not your your metal canteen will do the trick you just place it into that overhang as well and it will jam all the same wow. basically the way you disable a type 95 is to rummage in your pockets find what you've got and that will work
2: yeah how discriminating for the fucking Japanese armor <laughs>
6: perfect tank zero flaws I don't see yeah, I, I see nothing wrong with this <laughs> yeah.
0: see, see here right the guys who uh, the guys who designed it to the Hago have single-handedly won the war for the Allies they are our greatest assets <laughs> <laughs> well actually um, believe it or not you know
4: what the best um, asset uh, for Intel gathering for the Americans on the Japanese was
2: Native Americans
4: no nope. God for gathering intelligence they used the ambassador that was stationed over there for negotiations and stuff they managed to crack the code and their old-time version of hack into their phones their communication systems for the entire war they never they never mentioned that they managed to just they were just listening in on all conversations their best source of info
2: was the Japanese ambassador Nice. about it.
0: Thank you, homeboy.
3: Appreciate
2: you. Yep. Imagine your whole fucking like career you're over there. at a Japan ambassador, you're like, yeah, they don't even know a damn thing. Meanwhile, fucking Carl from Minnesota is writing <laughs> down all your shit.
4: <laughs> like, have you guys seen the uh, movie Torah Tora, Tora"? Yeah. You know, you no. know when the uh, you know the Japanese ambassador um, that uh, is based in Washington, that you know they're writing out the letter and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the guy that's the guy that they got all that uh-huh. they, uh, yep in real life that was the guy that they got all the info from so poor guy yeah. so knowing all the faults on a type 95 shall we go a little bit into how it actually performed which was
0: uh, probably better than you thought to be honest probably really because that, of on the left, did, has that been hit by a ladder?
4: No, that's just oh, okay. a um, staircase. That's just staircase leading up to that bunker.
0: I thought for some reason someone dropped a ladder on that thing and it knocked it out. <laughs>
4: well, well for what now, out. I said, yeah, you, you could probably do it. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I
4: wonder how many things have dropped onto them and say, like, "Well, I'm disabled." <laughs> Every service member. <laughs> so. In the the start of its life, in 1935, the tank was actually considered as one of the best of its type, uh, purely because this was still 1935, tank development was still very much in its infancy, Um, especially with it being armed with 37mm cannon, not a lot were, powered by diesel, um, just because it was considered superior over petrol because of its uh, low volatility, uh, as with most armies in 1930s, the tank uh, light tank was used for supporting infantry and to serve as cavalry reconnaissance and raiding vehicles. Its speed was about 18 miles an hour cross-country, was, which was comparable to the M3 Stuart's 20 miles an hour. Um, and of course, the, the Stuart turned up six years later in 1941. So take that back. What? Take that back. <laughs>
3: nope. <laughs>
4: so jack get him (laughs) you know i just found this one just to piss off jack (laughs) i'm I'm on my way (laughs) what in your m3 i'll bring along my type 95 let's go bitch (laughs) you've
5: seen me in war thunder (laughs) that will not stop me
3: (laughs) (laughs) right
4: however So it was comparable to the M3. Although in armor, road speed and weaponry, the Type 95 was inferior to the uh, Stuart. But the environment of the Philippines, where roads were sparse and tank engagements took place in near point-blank range, largely minimized the disadvantages and allowed the Type 95 to be competitive as its off-road speed and turret rotation was comparable. So basically, it was just as good as the M3 in those close quarters jungle fighting, um, areas, which is what the Japanese were good at. So,
5: so it was the Japanese being good and not the tank.
4: Pretty much. It was, uh, <laughs> it's just basically a very situational thing. Now, this was also used in the Kalking gold which was the, uh, border
3: (laughs) goal G O L. I don't know.
4: (laughs) Whatever. I'm New Zealand. I've got an accent. Fuck you all. (laughs) Real. (laughs) I didn't notice. (laughs) So this was, uh, so this little battle was uh, when Russia and Japan had a little bit of a border dispute.
0: That's pretty you know, mildly a little
4: border dispute. Yeah, yeah. Just a just a small one.
0: Ah, uh, you know, just keeps things interesting.
4: Yep. So they were under the belief that the Red Army was retreating from the area. The uh, Imperial Japanese Army Command in Manchuria transferred the first tank court corps under the command of Lieutenant General Yasuka Masama Masame- I don't know. Fucking General Yasuka. Mr. Tamiya.
0: Mr. Tamiya, General
2: douchebag.
4: Yeah. To the village of Nomo... Oh, for fuck's sake. Tamiyavel. Whatever. Tamiyavel. <laughs> Basically, they wanted to cut off the retreating Soviets. After a two-day journey by rail, the First Tank Corps began unloading its 3rd Tank Regiment and the 4th Tank Regiment from the trains and uh, this was on 22nd of June 1939 while the 3rd tank regiment was composed kind of primarily of nearly decade old type 89 medium tanks which is the igo the 4th tank tank regiment um, consisted of 35 type 95 eight type 89s and three tankettes the type
6: 94 okay so, a good start
4: from the from the beginning the soviet general general zukov Everyone's favorite Soviet general.
6: Hmm. Never heard. Uh,
4: well. <laughs> he deployed his BT five and BT seven light tanks, and incorporated them into his combined infantry, artillery, and armor attacks. Although the same, the same light, although in the same light tank category as the Type ninety five, also with three man crews, similar dimensions, the BT tanks were nearly twice as heavy, hemi- heavy at thirteen point eight tons. Uh, they were highly susceptible to close quarter tank killer teams using uh, Molotov cocktails, as they're primarily uh, fueled by gasoline. As such, tank, Japanese tank crews had a generally low opinion of the Soviet Red Army tanks, but the BT tank's 45mm gun was a different matter. With a velocity of over 2,000 feet per second, Soviet tanks could penetrate the Japanese tanks at a range of over 1,000 metres, whereas... that, Dennis. Whereas the uh, Type 95's 37 millimeter gun had a maximum effective range of less than 700 meters.
2: This isn't
0: fair, man. This isn't
4: <laughs> right. Uh, here's a quote from a a Type 95 tank officer: "Quoted, no sooner did we see the flash, there would be a hole in our tank, and the Soviets were good shots too."
5: Were they? Yep. Uh, yeah,
0: the mean, Soviets the were actually B2 very good. was pretty good. That was a Pardon? pretty decent tank for the day. Yeah, and forty-five mil. Was it forty?
4: Forty-five, yeah, 45 millimeter yeah. gun. That that gun's actually fairly
2: decent. Oh yeah. Especially for what was that? Nineteen thirty-seven. Yeah. Thirty-nine.
4: Nineteen Yep.
6: Yeah, more than adequate for for a hot
4: Yeah, absolutely. So, after the battle. The Japanese losses consisted of one Type 95 light tank, one officer, and one enlisted man killed and eight wounded. Uh, The 4th Tank Regiment had expended approximately 1,137mm rounds and 129,57mm tank shells, and 16,000 rounds of machine gun ammo. After the action, the Soviet command acknowledged the 1st Tank Corps armor had reached the Soviet guns. So... Basically, they uh, yeah they they found just how decent the Japanese were at fighting, although uh, foreshadowing that was soon to uh, change. They found out pretty much. Um, so, the Type ninety five was used in Malaya, Burma, and the Philippines, where basically it was their overwhelming numbers. Um, you know, so many years of jungle warfare experience that, well, that's also in quotations. Um, when people say the Japanese were very good at jungle fighting, it's kind of disputed. Um, it's that's more of a relative relativity thing. So they were used, yeah, Malaya, Burma, and Philippines, nineteen forty-one to forty-two. Uh, the very first clash with American armor wasn't against the was against the uh, the M3 and the M2 light tanks. Mm-hmm. So, the, uh, And when they went up against Australia in New Guinea, um, the Australian infantry tried to use sticky bombs on the Type 95. However, the humidity in New Guinea meant that the resin didn't stick. Um, yeah. Although the tanks had proved reliable in the tropical conditions of Malaya, they could not handle the volume of mud caused by intense, almost daily rainfall in Milne Bay. One tank was knocked out by a boy's anti-tank rifle, and the other bogged down and was abandoned a few days after the landing. Now, the Type 95 was used for 10 years, with very little change. Which... Shows that it's uh, got some longevity to it, but at the same time, you're still running around the Type 95. Everyone else is kind of, you know, developing. So at the very start of the war, it could give the M3 and M2 light, the Stuarts, a decent run for their money. Close range, stuff like that. However, later on in the war, um, specifically in... Where is it? Uh, where are my notes? Where are my notes. So, when they first, when the Americans first landed in Guadalcanal, they only had M2A4 light tanks and M3s. Japs did pretty well. Later on, however, the Americans started deploying M4A2s, M3 half tracks, bazookas, you know, stuff like that. Um... Basically, once the Shermans turned up, the Type 95 had no, no, way to answer for them. The frontal arm was too thick. Yeah, it was. It was kind of that was the beginning of the end, sort of thing.
0: Question for you, Calum. Go for it. How many Shermans would it take to knock out one Type? Uh, the one hard go. You
2: don't.
0: <laughs> you don't even need a Sherman.
3: Dang. <laughs>
2: When you can pull out a fucking spoon from your pocket and disable the tank, there's a problem. Nah, yeah.
0: Might, maybe, maybe a little one. I'm sure it'll be fine.
2: Yeah, that little spoon's gonna make a hell of a problem. Yeah. So, in the um,
4: China, Burma, India theater, around that area, the M4 Sherman was being used over in Europe, which meant there was a lot of M3 Lees that were surplus to requirement in Europe and North Africa and stuff, but they still had a role to play in the end of the war, being sent to Burma because the because the Type ninety five had difficulty punching through their armor, an M three Lee was perfectly capable of dealing with them. Uh, there was one observation by I think it was it was an Australian corps in Burma and a whole and a bunch of uh, Type 95s tried to take on a convoy of M3 Lees. They managed to destroy one of them by shooting it point blank in the side at the start of the ambush. Uh, however, the M3 Lees quickly turned to face them, at which point their armor, the Type 95s, couldn't go through. And basically all the Type 95s were destroyed there and then. That's the Bellluck. Oh, sorry, I thought you said something.
2: Oh, no, I just said L. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
4: They also tangled with uh, Matilda 2s, because Matildas were still being used in the Pacific, uh, because, again, the Japs didn't have anything that could answer them. Uh, Could you imagine trying to go through the front of a Matilda 2 with a Type 95? (laughs) No, I couldn't imagine, because was impossible. (laughs) Yeah. Now... The the last time that the Type 95 was used during the Second World War was when uh, the Soviet, in 1945, the Soviet invasion of Manchuria. So the Red Army just basically sent everything they had at the Japanese in in Manchuria. Uh, The only, uh, yeah, the Japanese didn't have a lot of Type 95s at this point. Uh, They had run out quite a bit. And when they put up their defense, they basically threw a whole bunch of Type 95s at things like um, IS-2s, thirty-four eighty fives, SU-85s, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Let's get Ray Shield.
3: <laughs> if you're
2: not winning against Stuarts, you're not winning against any of that. <laughs> hey,
5: there's one upside, though. The Russians yep. don't have spoons.
2: This is true. Yep.
4: So, after the war, Type 95s were still used a little bit. Um, Some were exported to, I believe it was Vietnam, got some, uh, or Thailand. And they were also used after 1949 by the Chinese People's Liberation Army, the PLA, that was um, after the Chinese Civil War. Uh, both nationalist and communist side in the ni- Chinese Civil War used Type 95s. Just because the Japanese had left them there, it was something to use. Yeah. And that was the last time the Type 95s were used. Uh, there are a whole bunch of existing uh, examples around the world. Uh Australia's got one. Bovington's got two of them, I think. Or Bovington's got one... Strangely enough, when I went to Tankfest 2019, there were three Hargos. One of them was a runner. Um, i got a photo of one. The guy had spent half a million dollars restoring it. So, it was a good one. Half a million dollars for a shitty
6: Hargo.
4: Half a million dollars is probably what their entire regiment cost.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
4: Honestly. (laughs) Now, There were some variants on the Type 95, which we'll quickly go through now, Uh, Dennis. Now, so you start with the Type 95 early. So this is an early production that differed from the most produced one by using a less powerful armament. This one had a very low velocity uh, uh, 37mm cannon at only 575 meters per second uh it could only get through 45 millimeters of uh, armor. Secondary armament was the secondary guns was two type 91 6.5 millimeter machine guns. Uh, only about a hundred were made. Uh, these were mainly used in Manchuria. And yeah, this is the very first production. Uh, next. So the Hokeman version, as I told you guys, where they just switched the um, suspension upside down.
0: Oh yeah, look at that.
4: Yeah. So you can see that if you click back and forth, you can see the difference. It's just purely getting the suspension,
0: turning it upside down. Question for you, Calum. I know this is more of a design question, but um, by inverting the suspension bogies, do they lose much travel by doing that? I don't believe so. Um, okay. I've got in my notes due, due
4: to issues in in uh, Manchuria with was it sorghum sorghum grass? Probably, yeah. Yeah, um, they kept getting trapped in the suspension wheels. The uh, wheel and suspension components were inverted with the addition of small wheels fitted to the bell crank, access so the tank could move f- uh, could move freely in the grass. Um, so. This is, they call it, it's either the uh, Hokuman version or the Manchurian version. So, it was just to help stop. it was uh, Give it a little bit more travel um, and to stop shit getting caught up in it.
2: I will say those camo schemes are pretty cool.
4: Oh, the, J- the Japs can't make a good tank, but they can paint them damn well.
2: Can't shoot enough. it if you can't see it.
4: <laughs> if we go to the uh, next one. So this is the late production one. So they improved the main gun, they improved the engine, and the main one was they changed the machine guns into two Type 97 7.7 millimeter machine guns. So they just basically updated it. Uh, You'll notice these machine guns are generally infantry based, a bit like everyone else, and you'll see they have, they actually put an armor shield, over the barrel and it um that they clip on so which means they all look the same but yeah so if anyone's uh, ever looked at a Japanese tank and they looked at the machine guns wondering what that shroud is it is purely a it's a it's an armor housing that they put over the barrel
3: hmm. uh,
4: if we go next This is the Type 95, the Ricky crane vehicle. So, this is just an end. They converted Type 95s into engineering vehicles. Uh, so, that it's got a crane on it. And yes, it's their, their recovery vehicle. Uh, go next. So, this is Type 95 So Key. They're very uh, original with their names. So, this is one. Is that beast? Was- yes. <gasps> the
3: Drac-
4: So the Soki was an armored railroad car. It was oh, used for patrolling cool. and guarding railway lines in Man- in both Manchuria and Burma. The chassis was based on the Type 95. Um, it had light armor, no fixed weapons, handheld weapons by the crew would be the only armament available. Now, so you're we- saying they made
1: oh. the? Uh, you saying you made it an armored train?
0: So it's a tank and a train?
4: Yes.
5: <gasps> the TTC needs these.
0: I was about to say, what if we gave the TTC some of these? Because <laughs> oh. uh, here's here's the facts that you'll enjoy on this one,
4: Dennis. Uh, it had a simple, simple suspension system with bogey wheels suspended on bell cranks on each side oh. of the chassis. The tracks were driven through the front sprockets. There were three small return yeah. wheels. The Type 95 Soki was unique in the fact it had both track and wheel drive su- system. The vehicle could be changed between railway line mode and track mode for ground use within a, and this could be done in a couple of minutes. In addition, the width of the wheels could be adjusted with the various
0: widths of rail gauges. What? This was yes. multi-gauge? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Guys, I'm just saying, if I ever become a billionaire, I'm finding one of these, putting it in the full working order and I'm running it in uh, Toronto. You this is your daily commute. You. I'll,
2: be, I'll, I'll be in a tank. Who can stop me? What the type do, ninety-five Goki. <laughs> Someone walking down the street with a plastic spoon from Starbucks will stop you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you might be able to actually find one, Dennis. Uh,
4: between one hundred twenty-one and one hundred thirty-five <laughs> of these were made. What
5: price worth paying.
3: Oh, <laughs>
6: that's not the price. Oh. They can so, change that
3: suspension
4: up. Jesus. Hmm. So if we go to the next one. Ooh. the type 2 ki uh, kami, the kami. Yeah. amphibious tank uh, so this was the first amphibious tank produced by the Jap- Japanese not the only but it was the fused the first it was intended to be used by the Japanese special naval landing forces well it's special alright <laughs> <laughs> so the chassis, chassis was based on the Type 95, as we all know, and its main gun was the same gun. It was the 37 millimeter tank gun. Pontoons were attached by a system of small clips with a release inside the tank to be engaged once it landed on the ground. So once it landed, those pontoons would come away. The Type the Type 2 was first used in combat in Guadalcanal in late 1942. Later, they were, they were encountered by the Marine Corps in the Marshall Islands and Mariana Islands, particularly in Saipan. They were also used during the fighting on the Philippine island of Leyte. Of late, Is it late? L e y t e. At whatever. And they there were 182 of these
0: completed.
5: It's the most actually the shit fun I've fact with this.
0: To me, it makes this as a kit. Do they really? Do they? Bullshit. In one seven hundred scale.
2: Fuck you. Uh,
5: <laughs> okay, I still want it.
4: Oh I still want it. Uh, if we go next,
2: please. I'm sorry, Jack. I shouldn't make fun of you for the kits you want. No, it. make fun of them. Do it. Do it. I want
5: it. I'm sitting here with my 1-350th-scale turpets and my little Ardo planes. I can take it.
4: <laughs> okay, so next we have the Type 3 Kiri Prototype. So this was a proposed model of a type ni- with a Type 97 57 mm tank gun and a modified turret. So the chassis again Type 95 Hargo. It has it had a weight of 7.4 tons, a crew of three men, uh, but it was determined that the turret was too cramped for the crewmen once the main gun was installed. A small number of prototypes were produced, however, the design never got past the field testing stage. It's just basically slapping a 57 millimeter onto a hargo. Go. And after that we have the Type 4 Ki Nu conversion. Um, all this was was uh, replacing the existing turret with the larger turret of the Type 97 Chiha Ha and armed with the low velocity 57 millimeter gun. Uh, Conversions were done in 1944 with approximately 100 of these built. Hmm. again, look at that We're a rare
2: boy
0: well did these ever see service
4: uh yes, a okay, hundred of them
0: see, these look kind of familiar I think I feel like I've seen it in the photograph somewhere before
3: yeah I f- yeah I
6: feel like this is what they should have done at the outset is had two-man entered in there and just kind of like made it a little bit bigger I think it would have been a lot better as a fighting vehicle
1: yeah okay I have a question did the did the um Chiha turt affect the, um,
4: you know, maneuverability of the tank in any way? Uh, not sure. There's not a lot of info on this one. Yeah, can't answer that one. Uh, if we go to the next one, of course, with any Whoa. tank, you've got to turn it into an SPG. That yes. is cool, though. Yes. The so, dog. <laughs> so this is the Type Four Ho Two. Prototype. So it's like a knock-off
5: suffer- Sexton.
4: It's the Japanese Sexton, yeah. It's a self, self-powered gun on a modified Ho um, Hargo chassis. It mounted the Type 38 12-centimeter howitzer in an open casemate with frontal and side armor. Only one prototype was made.
2: Do you know why they called it the Ho-2? <laughs> no idea. Ho-2 make a prototype. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: dear. And emperor. we've got we've got one more variation, and this one is for Ezra. Oh, Ooh. oh, case yes, mate! So, so an
2: alternate reality where the emperor became the fourth or the third Reich, and this is what Ezra dies over. Yeah. So the <laughs> I mean, Type Five Hohru prototype. It's
1: so, like a Hetzer.
2: Yep. I know the, it's
5: The equally as inbred.
1: <laughs> Jack, the, the Japanese Hetzer. We've trained for this. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so the Ho the Ho Rue was a light tank destroyer similar to the German Hetzer, but armed with the weaker forty seven millimeter main gun and a semi enclosed casemate. The Type five utilized the cha- chassis of the Type ninety five Hargo, Go, but its suspension was enlarged to three hundred and fifty millimeter track le- link width. So it was made slightly bigger. There were two roads two rows of wheel guide pins holding the road wheel between them. The sprocket of the driving wheel was the grating type to gear with the wheel guide pins, uh, just like the Soviet T-34. Development of the Type 5 started in February 1945, with only one prototype being completed before the end of the war.
0: Oh my is, god, so imagine if this thing, the 47, had been unleashed. They <sighs> the war would have been so different. Yeah. Are yeah. you was,
4: Yeah. 47mm.
3: Eh.
0: I don't think their guns, the Japanese guns weren't that good, were they? No. Yeah, you never really caught into the whole idea of, you know, maybe a bigger caliper.
4: Yeah, yeah. Although I think they just didn't really have the industry for it as well.
2: I'm about to say, you also got to think they're moving around these super muddy, nasty islands that are like, they don't have very good roads, so you don't want anything too heavy or you're going to get bogged down. They probably just relied on that Blitzkrieg tactic.
0: Yeah. Like, if it's good enough for the Horizon Islands, I'm sure it would be good enough for them. <laughs> <laughs> my electricity Full just went shower. out. That's gay. Oh God. Typical New Mexico resident. It probably yep. has
4: something
5: to do with the sirens.
0: Yeah, the now, siren.
4: to finish this all up, if you go to the next slide, all <gasps> time. you will find some power models power. of the type Ooh. 95. So Hell, there yeah. are two dragon kits and you'll notice the, there is one with the standard suspension and one with the Manchurian conversion. Um, fine. Molds. Do you
1: really need to buy the Manchurian version though? Can't you just like, you know, swap them around or is it you more You can swap them around. There's a,
4: there's a few modifications you need to do, but you could do that. Okay. um, so Tamiya have one, so the so they have that in thirty fifth scale. IGB has one in seventy second, and Fine molds has one
0: in I believe that seventy, 70 second as well.
3: I'd have to okay. imagine the
0: Fine molds one would be pretty decent. I know they like doing their Japanese tanks; they usually try to do them justice. Hmm. Yeah,
4: I wonder what the because uh, that Tamiya one looks fairly old they have actually got a fine, it's got a fine molds thing on the box. I'm pretty sure it's oh. actually a fine molds
0: kit if I'm not
4: incorrect. Yeah, I think it might be. So that fine molds one must be
0: 35th scale then. Yes, because I know they made the I go in a uh, 35th scale.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably like a fine molds reboxing or something, isn't it? they mm, have just mostly, checked in some of their yeah. old figures in, but yeah. That is the Type 95 I uh, go.
2: Question real quick. Why yes. would, like, Tamiya not make their own mold, and why do they just reuse someone else's?
6: Yeah, that's the you know, though. That's None true. of that stuff should be allowed on Facebook.
4: Yeah, <laughs> not at all. Reboxing is the same as recasting.
2: <laughs> like, uh, seriously, like, do they buy out the company, or do they just do it? Uh, I think they do,
4: like, partnerships sort of stuff.
0: May oh, okay. I uh, make a comment so you actually seem like the uh yeah, what what goes on.
4: I
1: mean Dennis,
0: remember the Italeri uh Tamiya? Sure. So Tamiya has the a nice collab. long history of partnering not with a italery, but with fine molds. They both
3: have <laughs> these
0: <companies>. I prefer <laughs> the Italeri reboxes that Tamiya gets better. You are insane. <laughs> you, you are clinically insane But yeah, Ugh. um, Basically what happens is basically I know with the Tallery and Fine Molds, to will occasionally just buy up but basically buy their tools, I'm pretty sure, for the kits, and then just use them to produce uh and produce, you know, the new kits as it reboxes. Okay. But they always still want, like to me a content, so either it'd be figures
2: or just stuff like Stowage, that. yeah. Yeah.
4: Oh. Okay. That's guys. actually another thing I wanna say. If you are going to make an accurate model of a type 95 and you want to put it in a diorama and all that, there is one thing you can't do. Um, this is purely because of Japanese doctrine. Now, very strict on this. You know how <clears throat> everyone else put a whole lot of stowage and stuff like that on their tanks. They carried everything with them. You know, oh, yeah. they put on armor plates, sandbags, stuff like that.
3: Uh-huh.
4: The Japanese did not do that. They did not allow it. Hmm. And they were a lot stricter than, say, Patton abusing a Sherman with sandbags on. All he does is yell at them, walk away, and then, you know, they just go, we'll never see him again. So they just don't bother. But it was uh, indoctrinated into the Japanese. They did not add on extra armor. They did not add on stowage, anything like that. So you can't have a Type 95 if you want to do it accurately. Of course, this is model making. You do whatever the fuck you want to it. I'm not going to tell you otherwise, but if you want to do a historically accurate Type 95, you can't have any armor plating on it. You can't
2: have any extra
4: storage,
2: um, stuff like that.
4: It's basically. Did they ever just- add
2: uh, like foliage, from like palm leaves or anything, or no? Uh, that's
4: one thing they did do just for ambushes. Okay. Um, and occasionally, you might be able to find the odd photo where they put a wooden deck on the back for when they're, mo- when they're um, driving around with a lot of troops on the back. Mm. But then once they re- reach the oper- operational um, area, that gets taken off. So okay, that's it. one thing you can't do is load it up with stowage because that's not how the Japanese did stuff. And, of course, you, you know. know. So you can brush off General Patton and go, yeah, yeah, whatever. You don't really do that to your Japanese superiors, do you? <laughs> no, they go chasing you with a katana. Yes, yes. But yeah. Should we have a bit of an intermission? I need to refill my coffee.
0: I think, yeah, be Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Dennis, you, can Cal, you reload the slides? Really cool. <laughs> no, I'm not reloading <laughs> the slides. <in> there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason.
0: Oh, no. no. Uh, it's, for
1: the,
4: it's for the hobby news. What is it? Pictures. Hang on. I'm just. Uh, I'm just. I'm just. <laughs> Uh, is it the, uh, was it the last one you put in?
3: The last, the last one, and I the one it. after
0: the PT boat. I'll allow it. Fine, I'll allow it. I'll be versed with yeah. you. Okay, so,
4: recording's paused, is it?
0: No.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: so, I'm feeling like if he doesn't get back to me, he might be dead. Which is really unfortunate, because I won't get my gun truck conversion.
0: Oh yeah, it's, it's unfortunately really unfortunate hit... It's unfortunate you didn't get your gun truck. Yeah, it's well, going to be really unfortunate destiny.
2: when... We have to hit up his family and be like, hey, I know your, like, dad or whatever just died, but he promised me this, like, gun truck. He promised me that gun truck
1: for
0: $30. That's, like, a quarter of the price
2: yeah, you'll but find if anywhere else. if dead,
0: then it's going to all go to an estate sale, right? And you can probably get it for even cheaper than that. But I don't know where this guy lives. I don't know his name. All I know mm. is he was on Kitmaker. Ask around. Usually the guys on Kitmaker know where each other live. Definitely I mean, most of them know where like I live.
1: Theme, yeah.
0: You know what university I'm go I go to. <laughs> <laughs> they could definitely track me down. Oh,
1: half of these guys have sent me stuff in the mail. Like this is true. Yes. Yeah. It's Even mailboxed. you. Have I sent you stuff.
0: Oh yeah, I did. I sent you decals. That's right.
1: Remember when you sent me like four sets of decals because they all something was wrong about them. Yeah, 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 I remember that, yeah. Ugh. Well. And then,
0: you know, you put, like, resin pieces in one, in just a plain envelope, and then the envelope smashed. Okay, well, in fairness, I, they were not very big, so that wasn't really my fault. That was more the fault of Canada Post. Mm, that's when I started thinking, you know what? This guy might not be a legitimate decal business. Well, I never claimed to be legitimate. I'm running it <laughs> off an inkjet printer. <laughs> But hey, the thing is, if you want Canadian markings, um, either you can track down an old set on eBay that's probably yellowed, or you can just come to me and suck it up.
4: <laughs> yeah, that works. You Conversion rates be pretty come. good.
5: Dennis and suck it up.
4: Hey, Dennis, oh. just give me one second. I'm just gonna update one photo on my whip. Oh, oh.
5: Does by the way, way Cal,
0: we reload the slides. This my is my chance start. to add something. No. Wait, can you guys nope. hear me? Uh, what are you saying, Dennis? Uh, you'd be very happy because my most recent commission-based uh, decal order has been for an Australian Abrams.
4: Oh yes, really. I'm not Australian though. Fuck Aussie. That's why I'm saying it to you.
3: Jack,
5: yeah. what the fuck yeah. is that setup? What's that? Oh, I've got a fan. In. Okay, I'm gonna go turn that up. Australian Abrams Just go so hard. Setup. Set up. Oh. The that setup. Oh, it's the cozy setup.
6: There's a picture in the background, and it's just. <laughs> Why that's,
5: that um, that picture's been like that <laughs> since February.
6: Hang it up properly. It's not that hard. No,
2: you know what? What I the won't. fuck are y'all talking about? Oh, look no at the podcast playing,
1: Jack. That's beautiful. I love it.
2: Right? Gosh, what the fuck?
0: Hey, yo. the Jack bed.
3: With the, the Jack Lugu?
2: bed. That's where Jack's off.
3: Oh. <laughs> I mean it looks very comfortable I mean <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't I even mean, the computer right
0: there yeah, it's, a, <laughs>
6: it's a very comfortable place it's, That <laughs> blanket
0: looks mighty soft Oh it Bro. sure
6: is Soft and breathable
3: Soft and breathable
6: Someone give me a no good
0: lie. caption that, for it
5: For the, the blanket The
3: juice bed <laughs> <laughs> Did
2: y'all hear that?
0: maybe
5: that was my neck do you hear my uh, fan in the background
2: no ah uh, so okay, you also sleep with the fan on
3: okay The
2: juice i just dead. finally added tie downs for my fucking t62 i built an entire spaceship
4: <laughs> i think the luger is the best part jack it's I, beautiful, you know, isn't it? If you reload the slides, you know my last one's on. <laughs>
6: hey,
5: yo, he's gonna ask you to refresh the slides. <laughs> <laughs>
1: in in, cause I take a weight training class, um, they made us sit down one day for about an hour and a half and take a quiz on why rape is bad, and. <laughs>
0: in weight training very american please tell me you passed
2: please say you passed he probably (laughs) failed i think i passed he he didn't have to study so
1: (laughs) (laughs) they're like yeah one of the questions was literally is rape bad should you get someone drunk and then rape them agree disagree (laughs) that is so new mexico
0: is it the homie or not (laughs) it <laughs> doesn't
1: specify. That's what you should
6: have told me. It's probably not even read, So
0: Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just like a standing
4: agreement. It's always consensual. I mean, just, just, the as well you're not, just as well you're not in Alabama, or otherwise the, that question would have been, if your sister is... Oh, God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the juice um. bed.
3: <laughs> right. The juice bed.
0: We all good? Shall we do the hobby news
4: then? I think it's a good idea. I'm going to have to edit all of this out because I've just realized that it's been recording the whole time. No, 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 keep it, keep it, keep it. The hot mics it. are the best part. I'll put it in the intermission background. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait.
0: So, Osperg, oh. uh, our favorite Dragon Reeboks company, is coming out with the. uh I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but it's basically the Sondercraft Farzoic 250 1, the Oscarung B. Um, it's I, if, As far as I understand, it basically uses the same concepts as the uh, SDK i said 251, which is like the, the Mag, right? That's the thing that people are more accustomed to. It's a little bit shorter. Um, it was more used for command and reconnaissance. Um, I will say this is just a rebox of the Dragon Kit, but it does feature uh, new decals, and I believe... I know it's got new instructions. I believe they made a modification to the PE. Okay.
3: Hmm. 35th, bye bye. nice uh, Oh, Javelins Ooh. I found this
4: from Ooh. AFV Club So they are releasing uh, Javelin kits So you've got the UK and the American versions And also in 35th They are releasing a Centurion Mark V Avery
0: Look at that
4: With the 160mm demolition gun That looks so, so good
0: cool. How much so you
4: want
5: that- to bet
2: the Javelins Are going to be though? Probably like
6: 20 bucks.
2: Yeah, well,
6: I was going to say
3: 20
0: bucks for two of them. Yeah. Price of yeah. a PNR kit. 3 dollars on AliExpress. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh. Mm, that's more reasonable. <laughs> Just wait until the AliExpress recasters start recasting entire kits like this uh, Mark V. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. Normally, $200 for me at Fee Club, but for my, you, my
2: friend, 3 3 <laughs> <laughs> three what no three three dollar free shipping seven week
5: three shipping <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we about the new Ed kits. so they are releasing the p51d the f4 f3 wildcat the a6 m20 type 11 and the bf 109
0: g10 erla got the greatest aircraft ever made and three other lesser aircraft i know the See, wildcat I, was awesome wasn't it i would argue <laughs> the wildcat <laughs> is
2: better than the zero
0: depends on the year
2: yeah yeah i'm excited for all th- all three of these because the wildcat can go crash and die i've always what? hated the wildcat i don't the like Wildcat was amazing yeah what's wrong I'll with the wildcat take- or- I'll Greg, take the Corsair over the Wildcat. What anyway. about the Hellcat? Are
0: you, are you rocking with me in the Zero, or are you in the back seat?
2: Um, on your ass with a fucking Corsair, <laughs> <on> you.
0: <laughs> Greg, Cor—I mean, Wildcat or Hellcat?
2: Neither Corsair. <sighs>
0: <laughs> I will say the uh, Wildcat looks way better than the Corsair. Yeah, uh, I what? agree. Oh
3: yeah, it's, yeah, it's 100%. way better. Looking.
0: Look at those <coughs> retracts. $1
2: $1 the
1: semi-retractable landing gear is the best part.
2: Whenever we all meet at an airport or something one day in like a year or two, we're all going to be happy. I'm just going to slap one of you for saying. <laughs> <seconds>. <laughs> like, what oh, was that for? So it's pulling a 2
0: Brewster mm. Buffalo looks better than the Corsair. Take that back. No. <laughs> Take it back. No. Of course, right, Greg, for us for to actually anyways.
4: do this meetup, we'll definitely need a Patreon so we can get other four Saps to pay for it. You know.
1: Yes. Didn't we say we were going to set up a Patreon last week? I, I, I think, think we'll see.
0: That in two, two weeks ago. ago. Two weeks yeah. Ago. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Life gets busy, man. It sure does. Ugh.
4: <laughs> uh, um, no. Ew. 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 Ravel. I've, I mean, I've kind of heard Ravel's. Um, Ships aren't that bad. Uh, well, I want to now... do that.
5: I want to do that. Well. justice. <laughs> I'm going to be honest.
4: <laughs> so they are releasing in seventy second the a, uh, the patrol torpedo boat <laughs> the PT one hundred and sixty. I I've only just started the second cup of black coffee. But give me a break.
0: <laughs> Boo! Don't buy it. I'm gonna are buy it, it just to mess you off. Yeah, what? That's... So uh, where I work at Greyhobby's we don't have like a huge selection of ships but we do have like 15 different PT boats. I don't understand why but like we are so stacked for these things. Yeah, who's
5: buying
2: PT boats? Nobody. That's what
0: I don't understand. But PT (laughs) boats are
2: so cool. (laughs) Jackson looking around twiddling (laughs) his thumbs.
4: Like you know um, you know um, President Kennedy
0: was a PT boat crewman p209 yes, the, of the kits we have are actually of pt109 like we've got yeah. five different pt109 kits from different manufacturers
4: yeah they didn't Before they, re- got, didn't they restore it when he was like elected president or something like they restored it and it was part of a um a parade or something where'd they find it because like wouldn't in it be Dallas. on the bottom of the ocean in two pieces <laughs> well it was probably a recreation of it because um, didn't his one get cut in half by a yeah. Japanese destroyer or something? Because yeah. somehow, in the middle of the fucking Pacific Ocean at night, they didn't see each other. It's
0: Imagine comedic. my
4: utter shock
0: and disbelief.
4: <laughs> it's because
1: Japanese sailors are incompetent. You take that. And out. American ones aren't. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're probably just they jerk each other off in their cabins because they're seamen. You'd know
0: all well, about that one, <laughs> Most of the sailors
6: have like probably never seen the fucking ocean before. Like, oh hey, here's a fucking boat. Go live on it for five weeks.
4: Five what's weeks. That, what's by that us. on the back of PT one hundred and sixty? Is that like a quad twenty? Looks oh, like a quad twenty. Yeah, twenty. Actually, it You're looks a quad more than twenty. It looks more than quad can... as well. I'm like, I'm looking it up. So yeah, do a quick do a quick thing. Yep. Maybe it's a uh, is it a pom pom? Nah don't nah, that's definitely no, not, that's a not a pom. It hasn't got the um the muzzle brakes on them or whatever they're called, you
1: know. Okay, uh, here we go. It's it's a quad something. we know. There's yeah, six of a them.
5: Quad something?
1: Yeah.
4: Ooh. Twenty mil, fifty, come on.
6: Maybe Okay, so here, it says one experimental Thunderbolt mount consisting of four 20 mils and two 50 cows. Damn,
3: and <laughs> calibers. Damn! That's both
0: Jesus.
6: It is, it is a, a six mount. That's, that would be that's amazing to fire. That's cool. You're so fucking loud. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why do you need this on a PT boat, though?
2: Don't ask questions. Enjoy right. it. Because you can. A 75
1: mm strapped to the front of PT
4: 109 was good enough.
6: <laughs> well, I mean, if I not. if I got obviously to fire I half.
4: <laughs> if I got to fire four 20 mils and two fifties all at the same time in one mounting, my underwear elastic would have just been gone.
6: Shredded
5: yeah, this is the delay. most American shit.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. Okay, Black Dog is releasing two different sets of figures for your PT boats. Like, I'm kind of torn. The casting doesn't look super good. Like,
4: that could just
0: be the photos.
1: Maybe. I will good say Black, is Black dog. dog is
4: pretty
0: garbage. Yeah, like, for what they're call- for what they charge you. They're, they're not the best. Yeah. So, Standing last
4: time. <laughs> yeah,
5: uh, <laughs> re- <laughs> for, <when> the <laughs> recast is
0: better, better than the original. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean, the poses look interesting i guess i don't get why that guy's legs
2: are spread open it looks like one of them imitating michael jackson grabbing (laughs) something (laughs) left picture far right hand side homeboy's taking a piss so you got to get like a piece of like noodle or something and paint it what color is his skin brown yeah (laughs) yeah
4: i actually i actually saw a diorama where someone had a german soldier behind a brick wall taking a piss and he actually molded (laughs) it's like that is dedication right there oh yeah that was funny that was good
6: and only spent 10 hours on the dick. <laughs> and,
2: and that's a problem because? You got to get it right, you know. You know
6: that? Oh, you do have to get it right. You know?
2: You're <laughs> sitting there, you're like, okay, this is 1 to 35 scale. Yeah, that long. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing right. out the measuring <laughs> tape. He's <you've> got <laughs> the calipers <laughs> out here. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna get a message at night. Hey, what would two and a half inches be converted at thirty fifth scale? Asking <laughs> no, no, you have
1: to look up, what's the average dick size of your Wehrmacht soldier in World War Two. Very yeah, small. So you have to do all the
0: research material for that, wouldn't you? <laughs> He's got that in a folder. <laughs> you With a red it. red tag.
3: It, That's it's in homework. the homework folder. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
4: <sighs> okay. What's next? The on. <laughs> uh Trumpeters got some new helicopters. So you got the MI four. Uh, that is in forty eight scale. And uh, of course. The other one is the KA fifty one? Oh, what is it? Fifty two? Fifty two. Wow. And that is in thirty fifth scale.
6: That's not Yes.
4: The yeah, I was gonna say, may I have a crumb of thirty fifth scale, please? Yep, yep. So that, that one is in thirty fifth scale.
1: Take a whole loaf of bread. (laughs) Wait, no, it's not a 52. That's the alligator, my bad.
2: It's not a 51 either. Uh, What is it? I can't remember. I don't know. Guys, it's a helicopter. Is Is it an MI, not a KA?
5: It's a helicopter.
0: Helicopter,
3: helicopter.
2: It's, definitely, it's definitely ka um hang on hang on dennis do you say that when you walk into your future in-laws house most likely yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh dude you know you have no idea i've i've so oh,
1: 27 um, k
0: 27 i can get a mirage, i can get a 1 to 48 scale mirage 3r for, for six bucks you better believe I'm slapping some uh, Pakistani Air Force markings on it. I'll have to make them, but it'll be <laughs> worth it. That'll be my peace offering. I mean, that's why you have a 3D printer. Except you, nah nah. no. Nah. Uh, you better believe I'm not 3D printing the aircraft. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> updating my 3D printer. Nice. Yeah, nice. I'm
1: gonna be getting a Mars three.
0: Well, bro, if you just stopped melting your LCD screens because you have two-minute exposure times... No, the problem isn't that. It's the
1: resolution. I'm seeing what James on Kitmaker is doing with his Mars. I can't get anywhere near that close detail with my uh, uh, LD002.
4: Yeah, fair enough. Okay, and... Yeah, nice. I've got the Blackburn Buccaneer in Ooh. forty-eight scale, and I love the Buccaneer. It it's a cool looking aircraft. Oh, look it's a weird looking aircraft, but cool. Yes, yeah. slick. Yeah. it has it's that A six. It. But... it has that A six Intruder refueling probe. Hmm. And you and when these were used, I think it was during the Gulf War. They were painted that sort of pinkish sandy color as well. Mm-hmm. Don't know why, but it works for me. I like it. I mean, it's better than karktan.
1: Anything is better than karktan. <laughs> pink is way better than karktan. I'll bet. Oh, yeah, you know what, uh,
0: actually, I have a. Th- if we're talking about pink, a uh, shout out to a uh, page, one of my coworkers, because she uh her, built her first armor kit. Um, you know what her first armor kit was? The pink paint. You win. The pink. Trumpeter pin? Lab Three. Oh, oh God! That armor kit, and she did all of the photo etch perfectly on it. And it Damn. will be painted pink, and it, I, I stand that. I, I think we should all support the girl bosses painting pink tanks. So. Yeah, I'll be
5: excited to see that one.
0: Yeah, it Take would pictures, be pretty... please, Dennis. I, I'm she has an Instagram. the server. Or the server. Yeah,
3: she get to the server. Server.
0: yeah that's, I, I'm just going to uh, peer pressure her into doing that. Thing. And, and uh, then she'll uh, see all well, the
3: pro-
4: profile pictures some of the guys have, and she'll immediately run. <laughs> Simply <laughs> you put you on, your like, shirt
5: back, back on. <laughs> She'll go on the Kit Maker Moments channel uh, <laughs> <off> and leave. <laughs> we could get okay. her on for a Pink Panther episode.
0: We, we should do the Pink Panther. Yeah. Jack, do you know what many
1: What's your guys' take on Fenboys in modeling? Uh-huh. What? Well, we,
5: we're doing that next. Sometime
1: next, else. Go to the next, 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 next. Okay, sometime so... Sometime
0: else, that's right. So hobby <laughs> Not right now. Has, is hot on the also their recent releases of their Leopard 1 tanks. Um, they've got a new Buffle, which is the Leopard 1 recovery vehicle. Ooh. No, I lied. This is the leopard two. I apologize. It, this is based. A lot of the parts are similar to the leopard one. But this is a leopard two. Buffle. Um, how 150 USD for this? No thanks. What the what the fuck, fuck no.
3: No,
5: never. No, no, look,
0: it has a full interior though. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. No, it's got a driving compartment interior. Well,
2: yeah, it does have an engine. I could see if that was like 1 to 16th scale, and having like an interior, yeah, I could see paying that much, but no.
0: That's a funny thing. With the Hobby Boss stuff, for any of the Leopards, um, everything's at least $100. I don't understand why.
2: Hobby Boss just charges too much for too little.
0: Speak for yourself, I get a fantastic discount on them.
3: Look at the uh, AAV you got.
0: You know what I'm going to do, Greg? (laughs) What? When I get my TACOM M114, I'm taking the uh, interior parts from the AAV and putting that, and you still have to make an interior for the M114.
2: Does the M114 not come with an interior?
0: No, it does, not. The one I got, but I'm going to kit bash. Oh, okay. It. I'm going gotcha, to make whatever okay. I want. Doesn't the um,
1: M114 have tow? I mean, not tow. What is the? What are the American? Uh, Shoulder-mounted yeah. rocket
3: launchers. Laws. Yeah, laws, laws, three laws. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have three laws mounted on the inside of the door. Yeah, but this is a Island, Islands. So I can do whatever the hell I want. This Fact. is true, but Three toes laws are a good idea. <laughs> three toes. I mean, I have five toes,
1: but really, I have Nine. ten. I have ten. Yeah. <laughs> what
3: the fuck? <laughs> That's for what happened. Ch-
0: <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so hobby <laughs> boss is. But let me is, clarify. Uh, us really hard.
5: <laughs> hobby boss is bending us over.
0: <laughs> so here's something I thought you guys might be interested in. So this is the scimitar, which is basically the CVRT scorpion, but with a Rarden cannon on it. This I like is it. One to seventy-two scale. Um, on Hobby Link Japan, you know what? How much it goes for? I'm not, like fifteen much? bucks, fifteen or twenty oh, dollars. Oh Shit, I want it. Yeah, um, it's really cool because it's got this photo watch. It's a, it's got Lincoln length, length tracks, um, clear parts, really? all, all of that, and it's got this nice little turned metal barrel. Really, honestly, this being 172 wow. scale, it is pretty tiny, but it looks pretty hey, good.
5: I've built probably the shittiest 172nd scale scorpion out there. Oh, you so have? I can manage. Yeah.
1: I'm just trying to think of a were of a joke that involves foreplay.
5: <laughs> what? <laughs> Why?
0: <Sport laughs> hobby. Oh. You
2: guys right. uh, have a problem. Foreskin so hobby. The <laughs> scale,
0: um Mangs coming up with their leopard two A seven five. And this Uh-oh. looks pretty nice. I will I like say. the foreskin hobby Ooh, kit better. I like that. Oh the ahead.
5: foreskin hobby kit is probably pretty good. I wonder how much this main kit is going to be.
0: Probably as much as a 35th scale kit, but that's Yeah, okay. see, it looks
5: that's, that's a problem.
0: So we've seen two very nice uh, 72 scale kits of which are pushing the boundaries of what can be done in plastic. They're bringing 35th scale detail and the 72 scale packages. And then we've got this point <laughs> coming from Ravel. What the hell? <laughs> what is that? That is the new Ravel 1 to 72 scale Leclerc. Let's no, go, hear Rebell. me out.
1: Hear me out. With careful painting weathering, you can make that look
0: pretty decent. Okay, do he- it. Okay, Ezra. Okay. Okay, okay Ezra. Out. Do it. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me out, Ezra. Whoever does test builds for Ravel needs to be shot. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. This but... is offensively bad. I mean, what's bad about it? Like, um. Okay, hold on. Yep. Go through the list. Here is what you should be seeing at one to seventy two scale, right? Mm-hmm.
2: This is what we're getting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But there's nothing wrong with the paint scheme,
2: or the. You said the you versus thing. the guy she's talking to. Uh,
0: uh, am I not, am I the only guy here who's seeing this? But, Turn metal barrels. But, pull, pull the watch. for the watch. Yeah, cost but, of, of that probably Revell kit. You'll get this. The Revell kit probably comes with link length tracks, though. Borewell
2: kid probably not in to tanking him.
0: Like homeboy didn't even drill out his barrels. <laughs>
2: I'll take I'll
1: take this Type 90 over those uh, leopards and
0: you would it's take fascist over this and this.
2: You're high, Ezra. He's drinking yeah. Mr. Hobby's juice. Oh, oh. What the fuck is that? This. That is a Pershing Tiger.
3: Wow!
2: I want it. This is the
1: amusing hobby Porsche Tiger with a full friggin' interior and Zimmerit. That is the only German Tiger hobby. tank
4: I will ever own, bro. That is interesting as fuck. It's so cool. That's what the Ferdinand uh, was based cool. off of.
3: Yeah, yeah. I like. My, it. Hot,
0: my hot take: Porsche Tiger looks way better than uh, actual Tiger. Oh, simply going to kill me for this. I think the uh, poor, both the Porsche Tiger One and Tiger Two look way better than the the uh, standard ones. Yeah. Yeah,
3: the Porsche Tiger is way
6: better. The Tiger Two.
4: Ugh.
6: I like the Porsche Tiger Two, but I think the the Henschel Tiger One looks better than the Porsche. Yeah, I agree with
5: that statement.
1: The turret shape for the Porsche Tiger is just too.
5: <laughs> Porsche Tiger looks well it's interesting though it's like an oddball. I like it.
4: True. So it looks it looks like it's, it would be a pretty good kit that one. 35th scale full
2: interior. And Zimmerit. Zimmerit, uh,
5: you said? Yeah, Zimmerit. Yeah.
2: Is Damn. that photo what is Zimmerit? The or How they doing it.
5: I think oh, it's
1: Zimmer. It's either molded on or as decals. decals?
2: Oh, what? Okay, if they decal that shit, then no. No, no, no. no. No, You can get 3D decals. decals? What? Have you ever used 3D decals? I've never heard of that.
0: Okay, so what they do is that it's an actual 3D part, right? It's actual Zimmerit paste, but it's on water slide backing. It's the same thing that you see with a bunch of the guys. You know, they've got the uh, cockpit instruments from Quintus Studio, which 3D prints on a decal paper. Um, It's 3D parts so like you get this whole sheet of Zimmer for one side of the tank and it's one decal you just slide it off and there will be holes for things like the uh, tool handles and all that and you just slide it on
2: have you so like you are something? fucking with me like the beaver tail
0: no, oh, no? this is the thing uh, Greg you know the that Panther I have the what? you know that full interior Panther I have in 1 to 48 scale yeah yeah that's got the uh, zimmerit decals on it
5: you're gonna have to show us how those work
0: yeah, yeah well, give I Give a, a little video.
5: review. Yeah.
0: They're stupid, easy to use. Like, you wouldn't have any issues with them.
5: How's the result? Like, are they...
0: It, it, it is Simrit in 48 scale. Like, I don't even know how to describe it other than it is just Simrit, you know?
5: Well, that's... There you go, I guess.
0: You know what? I'm going to have to build this tank because I just realized the Porsche Tigers are hybrids. Which it's means... You're right. Which <laughs> means, follow my logic... Price. it's a prius <laughs> oh god
5: <laughs> put a tow missile on it
0: and
4: and the, and the uh porsche tiger could go um forward and but and reverse in the same at the
0: same speed albeit slow but same speed <laughs> you know what i'm gonna have to do? you know like those shiny hybrid synergy drives, uh like uh chrome badges that you see on Priuses. yeah you to need to put one, one there in the back here
5: With like the blue Toyota logo,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, that way you know it's an eco-friendly car because it's got the blue <laughs> on the logo.
2: Jesus.
3: All um, right,
0: I guess that brings us to tonight's model discussion, and tonight our topic is going to be: what would you, what do you guys prefer doing? Do you prefer making a model are, you know, copy a certain historical photograph, or they're historically accurate? or do you more prefer, you know, science fiction or just what if models, right? So I guess, you know, just for some context up here on the two photos here. Um, so we've got a guy on the server, Christian. And he and His big deal is doing models that are historically accurate. He'll take a photograph and copy it. In this case, this is an M10, I believe in France. That's the photograph on the left. And then on the right, this is the model he built. So his deal is basically just copying stuff then on the right, you've got what uh, Greg and I have been up to doing the whole Horizon Islands thing. And just for context, the Horizon Islands, they're completely fictitious. Like these don't exist. So what we are doing right now is we're stepping very heavily into what if territory. So I guess for you guys, my question would be, what do you guys prefer doing more? What do you have more fun doing? Do you have more fun building models that are very historically accurate? Or do you like you know going with sci-fi and what if modeling?
1: I prefer historical, although if I find, like, a piece of stowage in my spares box that would look cool on a model, I will add it. Like, on my M51, I'm going to add a white plastic folding chair to the rear engine deck. Just because I feel like it.
2: That'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Callum? Uh, I like to go with what if um
4: like you know me i like doing the weird and wonderful and crazy sort of vehicles that you can build models of um and they're all what if vehicles you know like my smk the mark IV tadpole uh vk3001h that's all that's a prototype only um so i I definitely like the what if um what if when it comes to world war one world war two and cause it could, just gives you a bit more creative freedom uh, to imagine how however you want it. I uh, definitely want to try and look into sci-fi as well. I've been considering a model of an AT... Was it, what's the Chicken Walker from Star Wars? The AT-ST?
1: We know, not T. Oh, is it the Bandai 148?
4: Yeah, yeah. I've been looking into one of those because I really want to do... Uh, build one that's got a sort of swamp camo one, uh, swamp camo, and then have it in have it like half in stepping out of swamp water, and you know having like foliage and stuff like that. It's one one model that I really really want to build. Um,
2: if you want, I can send you pictures of like the sprues and stuff because I've got it in my stash. Yeah, yeah.
4: I just want I just really want the kit, but they I think at the moment they're going for about. 70 to 100 bucks over here oh my god yeah those bandai kits are not cheap um jesus yeah so and the funny funny thing is like with um sci-fi modeling let's say like especially with star wars if you if you're building star wars and you deviate from what's canon you will get so much hate online from it which is kind of ridiculous Fuck those guys.
5: Yeah, because it's sci-fi.
4: <laughs> I know. And it's like, I'm building a kit of a vehicle that was made from about three dozen different kits from using World War II bloody um, vehicles and stuff. Like, the, I believe the top of a TIE fighter is a Sherman wheel, uh, road wheel. Um, actually? Yeah. Oh, if you that's, look, actually, that's cool. Yeah, if you look on the back of a y-wing close enough in the movies and stuff you will find two shovels from the same sherman kit yeah
5: that is neat huh
4: interesting Mm. and you'll you'll look through and you actually find like um panther a lot of panther exhaust um not exhausts um you know air intakes that are on the top the uh, engine deck you see them a lot i think they're on the millennium falcon that would make sense
2: oh wow strong troopers got the mg34 as a fucking main battle rifle
5: yeah
4: yep yep so yeah i'm definitely leaning on the sci-fi what if sort of modeling i think for me it's it's more of a creative outlet than making something historical yeah
2: yeah makes sense very nice
5: i personally well i mean i guess i like to bounce between both of them like i've done the kv 222 and uh well, i've also done a lot of historical stuff as well like the m5 that i'm working on is going to be uh pretty historically accurate not necessarily copying a picture but um you know it's going to be as historically accurate as i can make it because uh, doing both they're both uh really neat challenge and and a good way to uh build your modeling skill um i guess personally where i feel most comfortable is uh sort of something that is probable but isn't like a copy of a picture like it's not necessarily historically accurate but you could have like it could have maybe existed you know where you can still kind of play with it a little bit, but at the same time, it's something that uh, could still be historically accurate when it was used, you know? Okay.
3: Makes sense. Yeah.
5: Like, sort of like that, uh, the wagon wheel that I'm throwing on the side of my M5.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I fuck with that shit. Yeah. Cause
5: it just, it just looks cool. I don't, it doesn't need to be historically accurate. It just looks neat.
2: Like I know that my T62 down there is the exact opposite of historically accurate, but like, it I've looks got those sick. Thank you. I've got those two fucking like car tires on the back. Right. And yeah. you, you never know, like, especially in a column like that one's supposed to be in like light skinned vehicles. They need a place to stow extra equipment, extra parts and things like that, so why not throw it on the back of the tank? Yeah, exactly. For your wagon wheel, I mean, you never know when you need a fucking wagon wheel, I guess. I don't know. It's a prop for a tent or something, put against the tank.
5: Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they just like stole it off a barn or something. They're taking it with them. I don't know. Makeshift table. Yeah, makeshift table. Sure. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) With a lot of holes in
2: it. I could throw a tarp over it.
5: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Take Herb's that, Don. Fix everything. Yeah, come on, Don, fight us,
0: Dennis. Well, I mean, for me, I I'm completely what if I like. I, for me, modeling is more just about the process, and it's kind of more of an art form for me. I I can t- totally appreciate the historical stuff. But I just find that I have more fun and I enjoy the hobby more. When you know, I might be copying historical stuff, like you know, whenever I'm building an aircraft. In that case, usually it's pretty accurate to what was in real life. But when it comes to armor, I just say go with whatever, go with whatever looks good, you know. And I will say working on that T-55 is more fun than most of the other projects I've done, especially when it comes to armor. So. Personally, I feel more comfortable with the what-if modeling just because then no one can really criticize you for, you know, accuracy errors. And then you yourself don't really have that sticking out in your mind. Like, I I don't know, if I were trying to do something exactly to a photo, I'd have to do it exactly as it was, you know?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so
6: my stance on it is, like, I usually try and find an image or just a probable situation that I can recreate but I'm not going to worry about you know like to the exact tiny detail like I am going to take something that probably could happen or might have happened and I'm gonna do it but yeah exactly like, like there's no point in trying to get every single little detail right because you're never going to and it's it's more does just about like taking inspiration from it rather than rather than recreating something and it gives you a little more leeway but I also haven't really delved too much into like the sci-fi side, so who knows?
2: Fair enough. Ezra, how about you? Oh, I went already. Did I you go yeah. again? <laughs> yeah. Tell us more.
1: <laughs> I don't know what else there is to
5: say. It's simple.
1: Like
0: just do I'm what you
5: want.
1: Into the same categories, Jack.
5: Yeah. Yay, we're in the same category.
3: Yay.
2: Yeah, I, I think I'd be the same as most everyone here. I Like, I like doing historical battles and events and historical armor. But I've never done anything based off a picture with the exception of that long tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, like the Normandy diorama I'm doing, for example. Like, it's not based off of a picture, but it's based off of... You know, maybe uh, other pictures or stories or whatever from that day and those events, and just kind of recreating that scene. Uh, but like Dennis said, doing the Horizon Island fictional stuff so fun. Like, I love throwing random stowage. Like, who who would have thought to put Challenger to side armor on a T sixty two? like that shit's fun. Yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, it's just super fun to, you know, make up whatever the fuck you want. No one can tell you otherwise, right? Like, they can't be like, oh, well, this was that, and that was this. It's like, oh, okay, were you there? Like, did did you actually... Do you have reference photos of the Horizon Islands? Like, can't do that. Well, but I also, also pull up Armasui on their laptop. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can also see the attraction to, like, what Christian does. That's fucking cool, to be able to, like side by side with a picture in your model be like yeah i recreated that like oh yeah he's a wizard i hope christian
1: doesn't copyright strike us for using his picture
2: he's not gonna copyright us he's definitely (laughs) going after us us. now something i can appreciate also is like the picture of the x-wing down there on the bottom left floki's model that is fucking awesome
3: it is yeah
2: like, the, whole, the same thing with, like, Callum was saying earlier, Star Wars fans, if they, you know, if you want to build something like Star Wars and you, you go off the, the seam a little bit from, like, canon, freak the fuck out. Like, you can kind of compare it to World War II modeling. Like, if I did, like, a tiger tank in northern France somewhere, someone's probably going to cry that tiger tanks weren't in Normandy, quote, Facebook guy, end quote. Uh, <laughs> when in reality, like, there were. And even if there weren't, like, fuck it. Like, it's a different battle somewhere else. Same with Star Wars. Like, there's a whole goddamn universe. Multiple galaxies. And someone's upset that you put stormtroopers on an ice planet at a certain year. Like, fuck out of here.
5: How are you going to argue what's canon if it's about space?
3: The literal universe. Yeah. (laughs) And and
6: Disney, like, deleted all the canon anyway. So, like, who cares? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's all at the window out. Yeah.
4: Question for you guys. Do you reckon, like, say, in IPMS competitions and all that, do you think there's not enough people doing what-if builds? 100%. Oh, yeah. There's too much of a, no, it's got to be, like, you know, accurate to this and, you know, like, something tells me if you brought the T55 or the T62 there, they would have a shit fit sort of thing. Um, Do you think there's... I want to see it. There needs to be more of a, do you think there's, there needs to be more of a push towards that sort of judging it by how it looks as it is, not by what it's supposed to look like or something like that? Um, yeah. Yes. The effort like, put into it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it needs e- to be Ezra.
5: treated more as an art.
4: Yeah. Like Ezra, you're, you have judged, a. Eh? Yep. Uh, what's your experience with like people putting in what ifs and stuff like that?
3: Uh,
1: well, I don't really judge any what ifs, but.
4: Have you seen it? Well, that's the thing have you
2: seen many
1: no i haven't
2: yeah i the the two shows that i've been to in the one meeting i've never seen a what if have yeah and that's the problem it's like
4: you know, asking like ezra at a show have you seen one and it's like oh they're just not around It's gotta change. i think like sometimes it needs to be a sort of change in attitude of like oh you it's got a <clears throat> this sherman's supposed to look you know completely like what they had and all that and it's like no, like over rust the fuck out of it, you know. Make, give it a weird camo scheme. It's like, appreciate the model for how well it's been made, not by what it's supposed to look like. You know. Yeah, well, it's, then um, I
1: can dox points for there being too much rust. Well,
0: that, <laughs> so Maybe this is a to problem. A problem with, like, say, you got IPMS, right? Like, I have read the way that actually not IPMS, but AMPS. I read their judging criteria, right? Shit okay Well, and the thing is, like so when you go to IPMS or amps they basically treat skill modeling as a science right if you want to get maximum points these are the criteria you have to follow like there's a, really there's an algorithm that you can follow where you will every time get the like maximum result mm-hmm. from the judges because you do certain things right like you it's more or less just putting in the time and actually doing all that right to play when look. you introduce what-if models, right, where there's no reference material, where they, the models have to be judged just kind of like on the quality of them on their own, then you're almost basically judging it as art. And unlike science, art is inherently subjective. So, like someone might say, "Look at Greg's T62 or my T55, and say that looks awesome." You know, those things are innovative. They have a lot of stuff going on with them. They're really good models. But then you've got a guy who thinks of it more like as a science, and they're going to say, "Well." why is there rust on an ERA brick, right? Like, just stuff like that. And then they're going to dock points for it. So I think a large part of it comes down to, do you think that modeling is an art? Do you think it's more of a science? And if you think it's an art, like, what level of subjectivity should there be with the judging, you know?
4: Yeah. And I mean, if you're going going for something, like, super rusty, like your T-55, it shouldn't be judged as, uh, you know, oh, that never happened or anything like that. It should be... Say so, okay, they've rusted the hell out of it. Let's see how well the rusting is. Let's have a look
3: at,
4: you know, don't look at it as a oh, there's rust on it. Look at it as a how did they do it? You know how how well did they re- represent rust on a uh, on a metal surface? How well did they represent, you know, dirt and stuff being caught up? Not so much, you know. They, sh- they shouldn't be judging it as a that shouldn't be there. They should be judging it as a well, it's there. Let's see how well they did it. Let's see how they pulled it off.
1: Right. I mean well Dennis, you saw how the people
4: And yeah. there's IPMS like coming after me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well Dennis, you saw the um the way kit Maker people reacted to your T fifty
0: five. Yeah. Pretty well. How'd they react? Bad. Pretty well, except for one Man. this one this one douchebag called Mega Machines.
5: Yeah. Oh I hate that guy.
0: He's <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but people actually uh, reacted pretty well. Though I had a bunch of people calling it an abandoned T-55, and I didn't have the heart to tell them. Actually, this thing
2: is in full frontline line service. Yeah, it's Dude, like, this is 100 <laughs> proofing actually, this thing's in the process of going to the front, so... It's, it's actually, like, this, this is the up-to-date. Just fired
0: off 100D at T-10T rounds. <clears throat> yeah, but there you go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, people seem to appreciate, like... When you're not in a very formalized environment like a model show, people seem to appreciate like what if models a lot more or like they at least voice that, you know?
4: Yeah. Or at the very least in competition, split it into a, um, okay, these people are trying to go for historical accuracy and all that. And then, okay, this is purely, this model looks really good. Let's see how they did it, how they pulled it off. Like even if they had to split it into that, that would be better. Um, That would be so much better. Because at at the moment, you're trying to judge, say, Christians versus Dennis's using that scientific sort of method. Dennis will never win, even though his one, in my opinion, looks better.
5: Yeah, take that, Dennis.
4: (laughs) Yeah, take that, Christian. Calum likes mine more. You know, it's kind of this, yeah. There's a lot of um, biases coming in where judges shouldn't be, but you that's, people can't help it. I mean, that's what you
1: get from a bunch of boomers on our trips.
2: That's something that uh, I noticed a lot when I went to the the Phoenix show and then this last one in San Diego. And, like, one of the judges, when he walked up to me, and was, y'all know the AAV I recently built for that guy with all the mud on it? Yep. Yeah. is being washed off. Yeah, he was like, oh, you know, it's, the coloring is pretty good and whatnot, but you know it just the model just doesn't look good because of how you know over weathered it is. And it's like, okay, they want to go off of accuracy and off of like you know how, how a vehicle is used and what it looks like, and then you get fucking idiots like that who obviously don't know what a certain vehicle is. They don't ask questions. They don't inquire about the model or whatever. It's and uh, also okay. someone who's never seen an AAV after a training.
3: Mm. Yeah. Life.
2: <clears throat> literally it's a, a dude in a flack with a hose watering it down like it's kind of self-explanatory yeah and if they're saying but, like an AAV is
4: over it's like have you seen idiots. one of those things after a landing yeah they're not clean I'll tell you that much yeah. I mean at that point Greg you you were totally in your right to turn around and go well actually I am a marine you could <laughs> you, you just lie your ass off and go I worked on these this is pretty accurate Are they going
2: to tell you otherwise? To be fair, I've been on field ops with these things around, and I've seen them in the desert, and we actually did a defense with them attacking a beachhead, so I know what they look like, especially out during the field, so it was pretty damn accurate. (laughs) Fucking cunt. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
2: MMP official MMP. official statement. <laughs> when, when
0: MMP is asked, do you, I give their the official thoughts on IPMS?
3: What great minute, Wait, who has
5: access to the MMP Twitter? You should Me just I tweet do. "cunt." Oh, so you have to um, you have to add. The IPMAS. IPMS. <laughs> At
1: IPMS.
4: Constance. Well I mean <laughs> Well, I was saving that because we now follow Kit maker Forum on Twitter.
3: Ooh. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. And Armorama,
4: or however you say it. Was it? That old forum? Armorama? Yeah, that's the one.
0: We also follow that. So what yeah, what is Armorama?
3: Armorama um, is basically
0: the pre. It used to be the preeminent uh, scale model yeah, making, yeah. or specifically scale armor tank model making, uh, forum on the internet. It's been around since the '90s. Um, it is the biggest forum. It had the most content. Um, it, it was like an actual, like, official news source for a lot of things. Um, and now Armorama, though it still exists, it exists as part of what is called the Kit Maker Network, which is now basically an integrated set of forums where they took all the other affiliated forums with Armorama and brought them into one. Like it's the Kit Maker Network now. It's the union. It's basically, yeah, it's part of the alliance. <laughs> you, as we're saying
1: this, I'm literally reading through Kit Maker right now.
0: No,
2: of course you are.
1: Oh, you poor soul.
2: My name's my name is Ezra and I list all the Kit Maker stuff.
5: I live in New Mexico. And I read Kit Maker.
2: <laughs> I live in New Mexico and I have the cops go by and my power go out.
1: <laughs> oh my power came on like twenty minutes ago, so I'm good.
4: Hey, finally. Yeah. So that so the whole competition thing that also um you can see that with what if models you know, they've been produced tack-on with their paper pans and stuff like that. And the amount of bitching people have been making going, oh, this never existed and all of that. It's um, like you want to make a historical model, that's all fine. But some people don't. Um, you know, it's um, it's actually rather childish, to be honest, but that's just it me. Is. It's um,
5: weird gatekeepy.
4: Yeah, it's like it they, is gatekeeping. Like you get you get people that say that are solely focused on no, a model is a vehicle that was used. It's real, and you have to paint it how the how they had it back then and all of that. And then you bring a whole bring along a whole lot of prototype stuff and all that that is actually really interesting. Don't get me wrong, it's normal stuff really cool. I like it. Prototype and all of that. I just find a bit more interesting because it's all stuff dreamt up in what lo- most of them look like a fever dream. Um, and then you get to actually see something, you get to see it in a three dimensional thing uh, way. And you can just create all these scenarios of, well, what if this had been out in the field, how would it yeah. compared against that? And,
0: you know, but there's a my lot hard. of, yeah. So my hard take on that is that if you are only in it for the history Go into diecast because at least they aren't going to mess anything up. If you're if you do models, you have to acknowledge that there's an artistic aspect, and you can't just divorce the modeling hobby from the artistic component of it. Like you can be all about the history, but like you can't say that people are any lesser of modelers because they're say more into the artistic step, you know, the artistic standpoint of it.
4: Yeah, and I mean you can be fully into the history and model completely what if i mean look at us we have a podcast where we the first section is all about a, a real well okay we we'll have do some paper stuff we've done some paper yeah. pants but we generally talk about a real vehicle and go into the history of it and then we're going to work in progress and it's like and this is some completely totally random bloody color scheme i've put on this tank and i've done this and this and this I mean, to it you know bad. it's like you can have you can be both you don't it doesn't have to be one or the other
0: and how, uh, Greg? Remember how we came up with like an official like history of the Horizon Islands Defense Forces? Yes, which, uh, by the way, writing is writing manuals. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's continually changing and updating. So, yes, it's. Yeah. Mark my words. There
0: will be more and more ink spilled on the Horizon Islands than there will be on the entirety of the rest of human history. <laughs>
5: <laughs> hey, uh, Dennis, are you yes. able to print me out know, a one twenty fourth scale Thomas?
0: uh if i have a file for it yes
5: okay so wait how do files work like are you able to scale them up and oh yeah yeah Yeah. so
0: if i can get a file of a tow missile that's all i need
5: oh okay sweet i'll keep that in mind what are
0: you doing if you want my price you can have it
5: no i have a uh porsche diesel jr tractor
2: oh my (laughs) gosh Yeah, I'm
3: invested. I'll,
5: I'll say, I'll say less.
3: <laughs> uh, um, do we have wow. any
4: other? Do we have any other talking points?
2: Next week, next week we will have the details out for the Battle of the Bulge group build. Oh yeah, we oh, need yeah. to do that. We keep forgetting. Yeah, we need to dig We need to have like a proper meeting once in a while. I, uh, I'm i d- chomping at the bits to post about that group build, but I don't want to post until we do the the thing. So that we sounds have good. a
5: hard enough time meeting up every Friday. <laughs> 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 that is true. That is it's
2: <laughs> very true. Yeah. Yeah.
4: All right. Uh, so if anyone else has anything else to say about historical versus what if and sci-fi, do mm. we have any takers? Anyone else?
5: Anything Talk else? Facebook. <sighs>
4: Um, well that's the general thing That's what we say every week Fuck Facebook Yep.
5: We just have to close it out with that
0: Yep Well and um, we have been listening up until this point Thank you Dennis, so much for listening Yep You've forgotten something What? The wheel Spinny
3: Oh fuck uh,
0: Yeah The wheel of wonder Alright Give me a moment here Gents uh- Alrighty, let me spin the wheel.
1: B 103 BDM103. It's
2: Pershing, 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 Pershing.
1: Oh, we need to add the eight ats to that list.
2: It's we already
5: there. It. It's right oh! there. <laughs> oh! <laughs> we I <loved> it. It. <laughs> there you
4: go, ah, so nice. close. So Kv two. By mere pixels, we are going to be doing the K V one and Kv two in variations
0: of each. Sweet. So, Dennis? Mm. Well, if you've been listening up until this point, you, thank you so much for listening. You have been listening and watching the Micro Machines podcast. We will catch you next week when we will talk about the KV series of tanks. Alrighty. Yes. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. See you later.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.